Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today from John chapter 20, on the evening of that first day of the week, which was the resurrection day that Sunday evening, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Dear friends of Christ, you know, every conversation has a beginning. And, and how do we start our conversations when you bump into somebody? We call it a greeting. So how do you greet people? And of course, uh, we, there are several ways. Uh, greetings, salutations, howdy, hello, right? And, and in Oklahoma, uh, that's what we do uh, from the south where I grew up. We would say howdy. How you all doing? And sometimes people will start a conversation with a question. And they, they, and they, they ask the question, well, what's going on? Or maybe we might say, how have you been? Or uh, what have you been up to? Um, a younger crowd might say, what's happening? Or they can take a whole phrase and simply say, what's up? Right? And Jesus had a different way of, of, of doing a greeting, though. To start a conversation, you know, we hear it in our text. And it, it, it happened right after Christ's resurrection. It's that evening and the disciples are there huddled in fear, and Jesus shows up to them and he says, What's up? No, he doesn't, does he? He says, Peace be with you. Now that's a greeting. Peace be with you. That's a way to start a conversation. And one day the Lord's going to welcome me, I'm going to get to heaven, and he's going to say, Peace be with you. Now that's a greeting. And I'm going to enter into his presence with the peace of God. And one day, God's going to say to you when he comes again, peace be with you. And what a greeting. What a day. And our theme for this morning, God's great greeting of peace. The Hebrew word is shalom. It's that way that Hebrews greeted each other. It's the way they started their conversation. And they would start their conversation, shalom. And shalom. And they'd end their conversations, shalom. Peace. And so Jesus continues that tradition. What a great way, because shalom means so much more than what's up? How you doing? Shalom is a peace that the world can't give. It's a peace of knowing that our sins are forgiven. It's a peace of knowing that Jesus Christ is our Savior, that He paid the price, and a peace of knowing that God is in control of my life and the whole universe. 24-7 all the time. Well, tell that to the disciples. That God's in control of the universe because they were hardly at peace. These guys were terrified. They were huddled in fear because they were worried that the Romans, the Roman army, would come and kill them the way they'd killed Jesus. They were next. And they'd heard the rumors that Jesus was alive. They'd heard the rumors that he had been had a resurrection. Even Peter and John gathered there had seen the empty tomb. And yet they're still huddled in fear, with the doors locked, terrified. You see, they haven't fully realized the magnitude of what the resurrection means to them and to their lives. And though filled with fear, Jesus had told them. Jesus had told them. He had told them everything. He had told them how he was going to suffer. He had told them how he was going to die. He told them that he was going to rise again. He had warned them to pray. He had told them to believe. 
Unfortunately, they couldn't get past their little sinful hearts. They were terrified. Now, why were these disciples so terrified? Well, number one, they had no idea what was going on. What in the world's going on? Number two, they weren't in control. Human beings like to be in control. When we lose control, bad things happen. And number three, they weren't ready to believe that God was in control. Have you been afraid of what your future might bring? Worried maybe that you're not somehow in control. Maybe some of you have fears about COVID-19 and you're huddled in your house with the doors locked. Shaking in fear and, and concern. What's going to happen to you and what's going to happen to the world and what's going to happen to your finances? What's going to happen to your job and what's going to happen to your family and your friends? What's going to happen to the economy? What's going to happen in the future? And you're feeling out of control and and you're filled with anxiety, and you're filled with fear, and your brain tells you that God is in control. Maybe, maybe you're this way, and, and your brain says, no, no, God is in control, you, you person of faith. God is in control, but your heart is having a tough time finding peace with all that, all that uncertainty. Why is that? Why is your heart having such a tough time finding peace in the midst of all the uncertainty? Why is your heart troubled? Have you asked yourself that question? Didn't Jesus warn the disciples not to fear? Hadn't he told them? Do you remember what Jesus said before he died? He said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Because in my Father's house are many rooms if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to be, take you to myself, that you may be where I am also. So Jesus had warned them. Trust. He'd encouraged them to believe. He'd pleaded with them to pray. And yet, even after seeing the empty tomb, even after seeing the empty tomb with their own eyes, they huddled in fear. Why? It was the empty tomb. Why? Why huddling in fear? It's because they didn't trust. It's because they didn't have peace. It's because they really didn't believe God was in control. And so why? Why do you imagine that you have fears during times like this? Could it be that you struggle in your faith too? Could it be that you struggle with the same things, struggle with fear the same way the apostles did? Could it be that Satan has come and robbed you of peace? Could it be that Satan has come and robbed you of joy that Jesus wants you to have? Could it be that Satan has filled your heart with doubt? Fear is an ever-present reality, and, and fear tells us, it, it paralyzes us, it tells us, stay quiet. Fear comes to us and encourages us to be discouraged. Fear knocks at our door, at the door of our heart, and fear tells us that things are going to get much worse. The cup is half empty, 
And fear convinces us God's not in control. And then fear causes us to hear the voice of God. I have no plans for you. I have no plans. No plans. Of course, God never said that, did he? Instead, what God said is, behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. However, you listen to the voice of your fears. Or will you listen to the voice of your Lord? You see, Satan uses fear to rob us of joy, and he does it all the time. Satan uses fear to rob us of peace. And when we step into that hole of sin, when we step step into that trap, we feel ourselves being paralyzed with anxiety and concerns and worries and troubles, and, and we're gripped. And that feeling sucks us down deeper and deeper, deeper into despair. Until finally, our hearts cry out, that are now weakened by sin, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, just have mercy on me. And what does Jesus do? As you deal with all that uncertainty, all this uncertainty of the world and and all the unanswered questions, what does Jesus do? He comes to you. He, He stands right there with you. He stands in the midst of your greatest fears. He stands in the midst of your greatest doubts and concerns, and he says, peace be with you. Peace be. What a great way to start a conversation. Peace be with you. Just as he did to his disciples, and and yet that greeting did not unnerve them of their fear. Luke tells us that Even when Jesus said, peace be with you, they were all still terrified because they thought that they had seen a ghost. They thought Jesus was a ghost, but it wasn't a ghost. It was Jesus' body. It was the same hands. It was the same hair. It was the same skin. It was the same eyes and ears and smile and face and voice. Jesus stood before them, the same body that will one day return again someday and come back from heaven to reclaim His universe. It's the same body that will one day come to you and call your body from the grave in the day of your bodily resurrection. And in that day, 1 John chapter 3 says, we shall, we shall see Him as He is. And so Jesus stood there as He is in the midst of the disciples who were so filled with fear. He even showed them in the wounds and his hands and his feet and the wounds of victory. Because he wanted them to stop doubting. Stop fearing. Believe. Do you know what happened? They did. They did stop doubting. They did believe. Jesus' resurrection changed the reality. It changed how they saw things. It changed how they dealt with things. It changed their whole world. These disciples who were once cowering in fear were now ready to die for the name. Proclaim the name to the whole world. 
Why? What changed? Peace be with you. And they knew God was in control. They knew that Jesus was alive and that God's a keeper of promises. And in the midst of their greatest fear, in the midst of our greatest fear, Jesus' resurrection changes our reality. Jesus' resurrection changes our perception of reality. And we know. We know. God's in control. My mom, who watch, who's watching this broadcast, has a thing. Has, God, God has this. She's got that hanging on her wall. God, God's got this. <laughs> I don't have to deal with it. God has this in control. God has a plan. God has a plan for your salvation. God has a plan for you and for me. And, and we can, how can we summarize all that? How can we summarize it that God has a plan, that, that God's in control, that, that God knows what he's doing, and, and we simply can let him be the Lord? How can we express that, that feeling and that confidence, that certainty of, of, of such, that such faith instills in our hearts? How possibly can we say it? Well, we say it by greeting each other the way Jesus greeted his disciples. Peace be with you. And that's how we begin our service, isn't it? When we are all gathered together, we share the peace. Peace be with you. What a greeting. What a great way to start a conversation. Instead of saying, what's up? What's going on? Peace be with you. And we have a peace because we believe. John writes, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Jesus said, Because I live, you also will live. And in the resurrection chapter in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul talks about our resurrection. He talks about our bodily resurrection. And he compares our bodies to seed. You take a dead seed, you plant it in the ground. That seed, depending on what type of seed it is, will grow to a beautiful plant. And as they grow, Paul says, So it will be in the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown perishable, it is raised imperishable. The body that is sown in dishonor, it is raised in power. The body that is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. Peace be with you. Philippians 3.21 assures us that Jesus will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subdue everything to himself. So I want you to think, I want you to think, think how blessed you are. How blessed you are to understand the peace that Christ offers, the peace of forgiveness that you possess in his blood that paid the price for your sins, the forgiveness that you see in his wounds. Think about how you come to the Lord's Supper. Unfortunately, of course, we can't do that during this time, but think about how you come to the Lord's Supper. And think about how you eat His body, His very real living body, and how you drink His blood, His very real blood for the forgiveness of your sins. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that we participate in all that because He's resurrected. He's alive. Peace be to you. We participate. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? We literally participate in the living blood of Christ. Peace be with you. 
The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? We literally participate in Christ's risen body. Peace be with you. And yet, even participating in the victory, even participating in His body and blood, even participating in our forgiveness, even participating in our, in our, in our salvation, our hearts still fear and we doubt. Think how blessed you are to have this promise. How blessed we are to receive this meal that's given to us that gives you greater assurance in the promises of God. And Jesus comes and He says to you, peace be with you. Yes, we're blessed to believe. However, Satan's still out there. It's not exactly what he wants from you. He'd much prefer fear. He'd much prefer doubt. And he's doing everything in his power to use a sin of fear to direct you away, to direct your attention away from the Lord. And he uses fear to instill in your heart that to focus on your fears, to focus within, to focus on the problems, to focus on the concerns. Uh, and, the, and as you look within to the burdens of your soul, you look away from the Lord. You look away from God's promise. And as you do, then Satan accuses you. If you don't feel the peace of God, then you don't have the peace. If you don't feel the power of God, then you don't have the power. Fear is now your God. Worship at the altar of doubt. Worship at the altar of fear. Worship at the altar of worry. Worship at the altar of anxiety. And we listen to his voice. Because his voice gives credence to our fears. To our doubts. And Satan is a master at leading us deep into bitter, bitter disappointment and despair. And he's convincing. But Satan can't stop you from hearing Jesus. Satan can't stop you from hearing the greeting. Peace be with you. And Jesus is with you. He's with you in the midst of your fears. And hear His voice. Hear His voice. Live in the reality of His resurrection. Live in the reality of His promises. Live in, live in that victory. You know, Herman Gockel in his book, Answer to Anxiety, Answer to Anxiety, Answer to Fear, describes an art class. And, and, and the teacher gives the students a lesson, and, and they're supposed to paint a picture of peace and tranquility using the theme of water. Everyone in the class basically painted the same thing, calm, still, body of water, without a ripple. Of course, the water is reflecting the sun and the, and the clouds and the trees and the mountains in the, in the background. However, there was there was one student more creative, and he painted a thundering waterfall, billowing, bulging, and raging, churning, and a tree growing from the shore that reached out over the top of the waterfall 
the billowing, surging waters, and a bird was sitting on the branch of that tree. Not a care in the world. Though underneath were the churning white waters of death. Bird didn't care. Happily singing in his nest. The students voted that painting to be the one that most resembled peace. Amid the storms of life, you live in peace with God. And with Paul, we can joyfully say, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and life everlasting. Amen.